Welcome to the Main Street Podcast with Brandon Benefield. Hey, 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 what is going on here? Adam Howell. Okay, I need 33 and a third pounds of bacon. <laughs> Alfred Romero. Because I'm going to tell you right now, I'm like a dumpster. And Adrian Moss. What do <laughs> We use the word revolution because this is a revolution. Hold one, Andre. Woo! The millions. What? That's the big wiggle. Look at all of this crap in this ring. Hold two, arm bar. You don't know what hard times are, daddy. It's still real to be dead. That's right. Yet another podcast about professional wrestling. Ugh. Seriously, guys? Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of 776 pounds. The Mean Street Podcast. Hole three. The Moss Covered Three-Handle Family Grudunzo. Two. Sweet. And that's the bottom line because Stone Cold said so. Spoilers for the uh, for the meanies out there who are watching uh, on youtube.com slash mean street pod. Brandon, what are we doing? As Paul Heyman would say, that's not a prediction. That's a spoiler. Hey, it's the Mean Street Podcast, everybody. And that's uh, me, uh, Brandon Benfield, a.k.a. B-double, if you will, joined alongside, well, not alongside, but across the interwebs from my brothers, from other mothers, A-bomb too sweet. What is up? You know what's up. I'm here to deliver some unbiased journalistic integrity to the masses. I'm, I'm here to deliver it to Brandon. I'm here to deliver it to Alfred. I'm here to deliver it to whoever will listen because I'm here to silence the falseness by raising the standard on this mean street that leads to a dead end. And I'm happy to be here. Alfred, how the heck are you? I'm doing great, Mr. Howell. Pleasure to be yet again with you on this fine radio podcast program that is also broadcast on YouTube. So happy and proud to be a part of this fine wrestling broadcast. And uh, just excited to join you two gentlemen to discuss one of the many topics that we do have in common, which is wrestling. Oh. Pro wrestling. And wrestling also of the action figures. Wrestling of the professionals. Dude, speaking of wrestling figures, yeah. last week last week I got to showcase my uh, last week get, my, my toy get with Sean Holcomb of Superstar Fan Fest. Make sure you check that out. Uh, and that was Yokozuna. This week I, I went back and I'm trying to, trying to collect Hasbro Series 1, which – that I needed, a, I still need a couple more, but I got a new one in my collection this week. And you know what? What? You know what? What? Hang on, hang on. I was gonna give, I was gonna give some entrance music real quick. Oh, wait, is it copyrighted? I don't know if we can use it. It, it definitely is, but I'm just gonna play a few seconds of it. <laughs> well, if they catch it, they catch it. They just meet this thing. Just sing it. Here, what is it? Yeah, can you can you sing it so that way it's not copyrighted? If you're singing it, then we then we shouldn't have to worry about it. It's the one, the only <laughs> million dollar man, Ted DiBiase. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear that music at all, but it gets me hype. He's got this million dollar fist, boom! So if you're watching on YouTube oh. right now, you see how minty this guy is. He is minty fresh. A lot of these Hasbro figures are in well loved condition. A lot of scuffs, a lot of the paint is off of it. But if you notice, one thing that happens a lot on these Ted DiBiase's is that the gold lapels fade off. Not mine. I'm, I paid top dollar for this one. And furthermore, he still has his million-dollar belt. The million-dollar belt alone can sell for $30 on, on the secondary market. Wow. So this right here is the newest um, uh, addition to my collection. Kind of funny story on this figure. I remember actually going to Kmart in Macon, Georgia with my mom. And she said, I get one wrestling figure. And I just found out about the Hasbros because before the Hasbros were the LJNs, which were these really big rubbery figures. Uh, I'm sure you remember those from your childhood, but um, then these came out and I was like, I like these more. We went to Kmart. All they had was one Ted DiBiase, 
and one smash of demolition. So I was like the Hulkamaniac of Hulkamaniacs. Uh, and all I wanted was the Hulk Hogan, and they did not have Hulk Hogan because everyone wanted Hulk Hogan. Nobody wanted Ted DiBiase in a suit. Are you kidding me? He's wearing a tuxedo. No, this is you. Can, he doesn't wrestle in a tuxedo. How can I have a wrestling match with a guy in a tuxedo? I didn't want him. I wanted I wanted Hulk Hogan. I wanted Ultimate Warrior. So, are you singing the music? We can't hear you. What happened? What were you doing? Uh, I, was singing, I was singing this money, 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 money. Yeah. So I didn't want him. So I actually turned him down uh, at the time and went with uh, the other one that was on the shelf, Smash. So when I see these two figs right next to each other, it brings back so many memories. And that's the cool thing about toy collecting out there. Like if you guys are, are, are wrestling figure collectors, you remember exactly where you were when you got these. Uh, so anyway, that was my fig get, my, my figgy find of the week. Uh, I actually bought this from a meanie down in Macon uh, named Michael. Uh, so Michael, Lucky Hawk, if you're listening, I got the fig, bro. Thanks. Wow. There and you go. Was, we gotta the, we gotta that, get the yeah, we got to get the segment sponsored by Hasbro. That was, that was the figgy moment with um, – we do need to, uh, yeah. Can can one of you guys get on that? Figure out a, a sponsorship. Yeah, I guess sell or... some, yeah, sell some sponsorship well, for that. Hasbro, right there. I guess Hasbro does still exist. I think Mattel bought them, uh, mm-hmm. or maybe it's the other way around. I don't remember. A bomb's figgy, a bomb's figgy find of the week brought to you by <laughs> blank. I mean, we just need to come up with a with a good sponsor for that. Okay. And what's the, well, listen, let's, what's what's the email address? Maybe there's some someone listening into this right now, going, you know what? I want to tag my business to that Adam Howell because uh, I think this cat. Well, that would be that would be MeanStreetPod at gmail dot com. So hit us up or find us on social media, or just slide into our DMs. That's right, well, DMs on, on uh, Instagram, Twitter. Wait, well, yeah, but just be careful when you do that. All right, just you know, don't. What What do you mean? Dangerous when you're DMing, so make sure you're you're doing it safely. What do you mean? What do you mean no, dangerous? No, just, no dick pics. Oh yeah, yeah. Come on, let's. Let's be, let's, let's, let's not like be Dick, Like Dick either. the Bruiser? Yep. Yes. Yes. Exactly. The wrestling exactly. podcast, guys. Come on, bring it around. Right, come on. Yeah, All right. Yeah, yeah, got yeah. you. All right. Got you. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So what else is new? Add, yeah. Alfred, so, what anyway. else is new? What else is going on besides Figgy Finds? Well, I will tell you that I've been a little bit intrigued mm. with what's been going on in the WWE lately. I got to say. Um, You'll have to fill me I, in because let me just say right off the bat, I haven't well, watched anything. I'll, I'll say this. I am truly a Paul Heyman guy. I have really have wondered what it was going to be like him working with, uh, with Roman. And, uh, you know, I think it, I, I'm starting to dig it a little bit, to be honest with you. Uh, when Brock because, left. Because you guys are Georgia Tech guys. Is that why? You know, and, Roman's a Georgia Tech guy and you're a Georgia well, Tech I'll guy? Say, I, well, I'll say, well, listen, I'm a, I am a Roman Reigns fan because he did play football for the Georgia Institute of Technology. But, um, but I've always had a problem with them playing this kind of bad, you know, kind of bad guy. When he was going through that thing with the Undertaker WrestleMania and he was trying to be like this, I, you know, it's my yard. And I just never, I never liked, I, I just didn't buy it for some reason. But it shows you the how how important having a good manager is sometimes. Having that that person there to kind of help you get over the hump a little bit. And I think like adding Paul Heyman is like adding a great point guard or a great center for a basketball team. You got that final piece that I think could help put him over the top a little bit. because. Uh, Paul Heyman is the gift of gab. As, as far as on the mic goes, I think he is just as great as CM Punk or, or anything like that. But, um, but yes, Mr. Howell, apparently you would like a rebuttal. Well, how, how much of it is, is, is Paul Heyman's microphone skills and how much of it is just the rub? Like everyone knows that Paul Heyman is the manager for heelish kind of guys, right? So how much of, of – uh, of what's happening to Roman Reigns' character right now is due to Paul Heyman's microphone skills versus just him. J- just being associated with Paul Heyman kind of puts you in a different light. Paul, I don't think Paul Heyman would even have to talk to get 
Roman Reigns over as a heel. I think that he can get over himself as a heel. What do you guys think about that? I think so. I mean, yeah, when he first came out with the Shield, the Shield were bad guys. You know, they weren't good guys when they first came in. Um, so I don't. I mean, he knows how to be a heel. I think he could do it on his own. But I mean, it does definitely helps having uh, Paul Heyman uh, in your corner. Yeah. Well, even when, was yeah. in, even when he was in a heel with the Shield, per se, he still had people there to kind of bounce off of. It was never him solo. So, you know what right. I mean? So once he went solo, it was much more difficult because he didn't have those people to kind of bounce off of or play off of or, or help him out, I guess you can say. You know, you got people to kind of help you out with your skills. And this is an opportunity for Paul to maybe hand off some of those Mike skills. And, and be able to work with them personally. They'll be able to travel together, you know, be in a much more tighter quarters, and, and hopefully he can help them to – and maybe that is the point. Maybe this is him teaching him, and then hopefully he can do it on his own at some point. And then Paul Heyman uh, yeah. just moves on to the next person or something. I mean, I honestly would argue that Roman Reigns can already do it on his own. It's just that that WWE style of having such a, a strict script kind of hinders guys like Roman Reigns, where Paul Heyman might know how to work with a script a little bit more, a little bit better. So I, I and think he that's has more leeway with Vince, maybe. And he might have a little bit more leeway because he is. I think if there's a lot of people that Vince doesn't trust or, or, or you know, but I think he definitely has his ear. Well, I was going to say, I feel like Paul Heyman – writes his own stuff i mean i could be totally wrong there but i feel like out of everybody that does promos i feel like Heyman does his own you know he doesn't have the sitcom writers in the back coming up with a script that they give to bailey or whoever else i feel like paul Heyman comes up with his own stuff but i, I could be wrong I don't maybe know. maybe and honestly i could see that happening and i i feel like that's what it was more like in the wb in the in the attitude era when where someone could like write some ideas down like hey this is really what i want to go with and as long as maybe they say tweak it a little bit to go along to, to go better along with the storyline, then they're like, "Yeah, go with that. That's great." Uh, and I just don't think guys like Roman have had that opportunity uh, over the last fifteen years. So, but that's good. Say, yeah, I, I agree. I, I agree. I think that the Paul Heyman Roman Reigns uh, uh, duo has been awesome. Uh, I watched uh, SmackDown a few a couple of weeks ago, and it was really good. Like I was really, it was the SmackDown where um, uh, Bailey turned on Sasha, and it was it was just really entertaining. I enjoyed watching it. Bailey turned on Sasha. Yeah. Oh yeah. I told you I'm out of the loop on the WWE side. Yeah, didn't they, they go? Are, didn't they go through a? Didn't they go through a time a few like a year or two back? Where they were like oh, enemies, yeah. and then they were friends again, and then they were enemies, and they're friends again. Can you imagine? Can you imagine such drama and pageantry in pro wrestling? What a rocky relationship those guys have. <laughs> Dude, it and was then, so um, funny. Have you seen these promos, Adam? And I don't know if Brandon's seen them either, because he says he's pretty much been out of the loop. But they've had these promos that have been running. Uh, looks like they're teasing another wrestler coming in on, on the female side. Um, and I heard rumors online that they possibly could be Kelly Kelly. Oh, I know she's not exactly sure, but it's it's just like silhouette pictures of this girl putting on an outfit with you know putting on tights. And... Oh, I heard it's a Carmella. Oh, is okay. I've heard. Well, well I uh, I don't know exactly what you're talking about, but I did read something that said like the mystery woman is Carmella, and I but okay. I didn't read the whole article because you know like people do on the internet. I just read the headline and then keep scrolling, and then I spread the I spread the rumor as if it's true. I, I don't know. I did see I did see the vignette of like the the girl putting on her uh, on her hose or tights or whatever and uh I I I enjoyed that. Uh but Adam <laughs> Adam I did I did I, I'm going to say it. I liked it. Oh my gosh. I liked it. I liked it. Oh, okay. And uh so <laughs> But uh, honestly, that would be really cool for them to kind of repackage Carmella. I haven't seen her in a while. So if they kind of, because she still had kind of uh, hints of her days with uh, Enzo and Cass, I think, like kind of like the New Jersey queen kind of girl. Uh, so maybe <laughs> they're going to repackage her away from that. Wasn't she with James Ellsworth for a little, a short time as yes, well? She at was, one point? Uh, yeah, yeah. That was a little bit of a, I, I'm, and I'm a fan of her. I, I kind of did enjoy her gimmick and everything like that. But if there's a way they can kind of, uh, you know, make it more, you know, an upgrade and, and much, it looks like they're getting away from more kind of goofiness. It looks like, you know what I mean? Like kind of like, 
when the WCW kind of came around and they were doing all these goofy kind of characters and had to kind of, you know, do the attitude error, had to step things up a little bit. So maybe, uh, maybe they're starting to feel the heat from the, from the other side. And maybe we are saying, Hey, maybe it's time for us to kind of, uh, and start hey, the and upgrading hey. some of the talent we have here right now. And Hey, if you, if you can't stay in the heat, get out of my yard. Cause I'm the big dog. Woo! Wow. That was, that was something else right there, kids. Isn't that how it goes? Wow. Uh, yeah, exactly how it goes. I, I thought you were – I was reminded of Latino heat, which then in turn reminded me of a current-day Latina, our very own – not our very own, but one of our favorites. Stop doing that. It's very weird. Who am I? Who am I? Cut it out. Uh, Roman Reigns. Yeah, I know who you are. Just stop it. Uh, but I was, I was gonna. Uh, I thought you had a shake weight over there. I was, I was gonna, gonna get, I was gonna get, I was gonna get to Thunder Rosa. So well, let's talk about Thunder Rosa. That that is actually, if you're watching on the YouTube channel, that was uh, one of the spoilers. Flash Mean Street Pod. Uh, you'll see Thunder it. Rosa. Thunder Rosa is actually my first bullet point to talk about because, first of all, can I just segue? Can I t- can I steal that segue from you? Go right ahead. Dynamite last night, the first time I've tuned in and watched the whole show in, in many weeks, was, in my opinion, more entertaining than All Out. And it was like one of the best shows top to bottom I've seen in a long time. What, what, did, you, what, did, you, what did you think, Brandon? So as far as uh, the All Out comparison, I feel like, and we talked about this a week or two ago after All Out aired, is that I feel like the major issue there was the length of the entire show. It was The whole thing was just way too long. And all of those matches could have been shorter and the whole show could have been a little more compact. And with Dynamite, when you're working with live two hours on television, you have to kind of compact all that stuff. And that's uh, what they did last night. As well, We record this on a Thursday, so it was last night that it aired. And, uh, and it was a great episode. There was just great wrestling matches throughout the show. Uh, the parking lot brawl at the end, which I didn't expect a whole lot out of, but it ended up being like, holy crap, this is pretty awesome. And not only that, but then Thunder Rosa appeared again on AEW, and this time she made history by defending the NWA Women's Championship on a different company's television show, which was awesome. And she faced uh, Eva Lise, and it was a great match. See, I've, I've always been a fan of that inter, you know, the brands going after each other. I think that should be more of going of of going on. So I think that should be something that all these small independent guys should do because I really enjoy that storyline of, of, you know, people in other companies coming over to invade or, or, you know, make their name known in other places. So I just like that feeling of people, Hey, let's, let's help this person out. Let's put them on our television product, get them a little bit of more exposure. And, and all that's going to do is help the product overall and, and, and all that. So I've always, Adam, I don't know about you, but, um, I think I'm a big, big fan of these companies just working with each other to do maybe like all in one big pay-per-view event where you can highlight all the great companies under one in all in one night. I, I agree with you. I think it's one of my favorite things. It goes back to uh, something I've said previously on the show on, on, on this show that you're listening to right now, which is the Mean Street podcast. Yes. Uh, um, there's a banner right. behind Brandon right there. And um, I have uh, a refrigerator behind me. He has a, a refrigerator <laughs> behind him with hot beer, and uh, and I have a, I have Terminator too. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I mentioned like one thing I loved about wrestling when I was growing up was just like it felt like a, a touring show was going into all these random towns, and that whoever was the toughest guy in that town could challenge uh, the wrestlers. Like that in my head, that was like my 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 head fiction. You know, that was the head canon. Like that's what was happening in pro wrestling. Is like it was just. Uh, up for grabs and I would love to see like something like that truly happen uh, with AEW I think AEW is the perfect vessel for it and I don't know how they could or if it, if it would actually be good let me get, you, get, get your opinion on this I think Thunder Rosa we'll get to the bigger picture right uh, 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 in a minute the bigger picture is will we see Nick Aldis on Dynamite uh, but before I get there I would love once COVID is over and Dynamite's touring around again how cool would it be if they just kind of picked the best independent promotion in any given town, let's say Atlanta, and they pick SHW, and whoever is the SHW champion at the time gets to go up against somebody on Dynamite, and they get to carry that SHW belt out. That would be yep. awesome. <laughs> I think it'd be freaking fantastic. And, uh, and it would just make wrestling feel that much bigger. Like, wrestling is everywhere. And then um, 
and, and then like it would draw attention to that promotion it would just build wrestling like the the wrestling environment up even more like wrestling would just get bigger and bigger and dynamite would flourish because of it in my opinion and i think the i think also another thing for these companies that it it makes it more real to me because if you're with ring of honor you have pride and you want to go out there and defend your company name and the same thing with you know um NWA, they 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 have you know all the wrestlers are loyal to that brand, so it makes it more, to me, more real because you got all these guys who wrestle for the same company battling these other guys, and it's like of course they would hate each other because they're opposing, opposing companies like just like when they do like the SmackDown versus Raw, uh, events and you know they 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 all back each other up because they're a team they're all, work together so, I, I think for me just, I think these companies would have that pride. Just like NXT did when they had the Survivor Series and they beat SmackDown and Raw, you saw what, how huge that was for NXT to get that big victory. So, because all that, all those guys are work together, and and they have pride for their product and their brand. So, I, I think that I think that it could happen because ultimately everybody's got a price, and you, <laughs> and you will be bought. <laughs> Oh, is that too many monies? Yes. Or not enough monies? There's no, you can never have enough money. money hey, money. no, but go money, back to money. go back to uh, back in the day before WCW got bought by WWF. That was what everybody. That was like the dream that everybody. Oh, it'd be awesome to see a super show where WCW's right. biggest names versus WWF's biggest names. And then when Vince bought the competition. They tried to kind of do an invasion angle, but you already knew he owned the company, so it was kind of a watered-down version yeah. of... What are you talking about? Shane owned WCW. It, it, and But it, you know what I'm saying. The contract does say McMahon. <laughs> it says Vince McMahon. No, it said Shane McMahon. Shane McMahon. Oh, Shane, yeah. Um, <laughs> but by, by, everybody, by everybody's dream, Brandon, do you mean everybody's million-dollar dream? <laughs> Too many monies. Too many. Uh, so money? I, I agree, though, uh, Alfred. That's a valid point. Brand's a valid point about uh, there being like pride of that title coming in. And I think Thunder Rosa had that. And ultimately, to me, it just makes the wrestling world seem that much bigger. Seeing another title, and of course, we see her uh, defending the NWA, NWA title against Evilise, which was a fantastic match. Uh, and then getting bum rushed by Diamante. Is that her name? Yeah, Diamante. And then Sheeta, the AEW champion, coming to her aid and looking at the NWA title, the NWA women's title, and like kind of showing some uh, mutual signs of respect. Um, I'm looking forward to the future. I don't know what the future is going to bring for them. I, I know that Thunder Rosa just had an interview with Chris Van Vliet. I would recommend going and listening to that. I'm in the middle of it right now. Have you seen that, Brandon? I haven't watched that yet, but she was also just on Talk is Jericho. So I just listened to that. I think it came out maybe a week or two ago, uh, right around the time of All Out. But um, did you, uh, you mentioned Sheeta come, uh, came running into the ring from sitting ringside. Did you happen to notice who was uh, nearby Sheeta sitting outside the ring there? Uh, yeah, Billy Gunn. Badass Billy Gunn. Yeah, so but, on the, Bill, but, on the, Billy Gunn, but on the other side was a real mean girl. Oh, that, that, uh, on the other side, if you don't want to talk about badass, uh, Billy Gunn, Mr. Ass. I mean, you can uh, talk about him if you want. I was going to mention our pal, the real mean girl, Danny Jordan, was on the Danny, other side. Danny Jordan was also there. So, yeah. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know what's funny is actually I was actually talking on the phone with a friend last night, and I was like, "Oh, hey, there's Danny." <laughs> Are they dating? What's that? Is Billy Gunn and Danny dating? Maybe. I I, I I think Billy Gunn could be Danny's grandfather, uh, but but he's got a great him. ass. There you go. I'm an ass man. I'm an ass man. Is that Did the whole thing? Billy, Billy, Billy over and over and over and over. I'm a dinner. I'm, I'm an ass man. Yeah, I'm an ass man. I just want to know if your wife and your family inside the house can hear you in the garage yelling that. No, <laughs> so they're, watching, know, I, they're watching the Matt Singer. They're good. Okay. I, I don't have the figure, but in I think in the last series of the Hasbro line, Billy Gunn actually did get a Hasbro figure, which is pretty cool because oh, he was known as Degen, De, 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 De Generation X Billy Gunn. 
but uh, he had one for the smoking guns with a fart gun. I liked it when he but, went with yeah. Colombo. That was awesome. Billy yeah. and Chuck. <laughs> bomb. Right can, we, can we mute him? Can we mute him for a minute? Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, Brandon, that was super cool. Um, and honestly, that kind of segues into, uh, well, actually, let's talk about Nick Aldis first. And we'll get back to Danny and the people that we know here in a minute. But um, I th- and Chris Van Vliet asked Thunder Rosa, like, you know, with you coming in here, does that mean we'll see maybe the NWA World's Champion? Nick Aldis uh, coming into uh, AEW, and she obviously avoided the question. She just said, I don't know. But what do you, what do you guys think? Uh, Brandon, do you want to see that happen? I would love to see that happen. I feel like we've talked about that a number of times here on the show, um, just kind of wishful thinking. But especially during the pandemic when, when we knew the NWA wasn't doing much of anything. Of course, uh, I'll get to this in a second, but they did just have their first pay-per-view show this, this past week or past Tuesday maybe, whenever it was. Um, but anyways, at the time, you know, for the longest time, Power was, wasn't recording or anything, and they weren't having any pay-per-views. So all the NWA talent were just either not doing anything or working some indie shows wherever they could or, or showing up on AEW like Eddie Kingston or um, uh, uh, Ricky Starks. You know, there's a few of them that just popped over to AEW and ended up getting signed. But um, I would love to see uh, Nick Aldis show up and do something on AEW. Uh, they already did something with Ring of Honor. Um, I don't see why they couldn't do anything with, uh, with AEW. I mean, Billy and Tony Khan have been talking. They're the ones that worked out the deal for Thunder Rosa. So, I think at this point, like, my, the only reason I can think why they wouldn't is almost a very Vince McMahon way of looking at things. And it's the way I would look at things, too, if I was a promoter, is that I, want to build, I would want to build things up and, and build them through my own storylines and my own characters. But at some point, you have to be humble enough to say, hey, wrestling's bigger than my promotion. And, and, and you have to invite them in. And you have to show, like, what the world of wrestling could be. And ultimately, I think that's what the fans want. Um, because you can still build your characters and still invite a Thunder Rosa in or still invite a, a Nick Aldis in. Yeah, and I think that up until a couple years ago when AEW was first starting to be like when all in happened and there was all these ideas like, Oh, could they form like their own company? Like what's going to happen here before that though, when it was just WWE for nearly almost 20 years, you know, 17 years, whatever it was, you never would have thought that that could happen. Cause like you said, Vince McMahon, McMahon would, I don't think ever let that happen um, because it's his way or the highway. It's WWE universe. Nothing else matters. Nothing else exists. But when uh, AEW come around, I'm thinking now it's a possibility because I think they have that mentality, like you mentioned, like they're trying to give the fans what they want. And I think they realize that that's box office, that it doesn't matter which company you're with, but if you combine NWA and AEW, whether you do it on, whether you had AEW guys showing up on an episode of Power, like how cool would that have been if we were at one of the Power episodes and the Young Bucks showed up for some reason to start something? Like who knows? Like well, that we would be awesome. We were there and Marty showed up, and it was right. a huge deal. Right, right. Uh, and that, that kind of fizzled out, obviously, because of uh, allegations. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I wonder what he's up to, man. Have I was going to ask if you had kept – because I honestly, after the initial allegations and everything with the speaking out movement, you know, because he had a, a pretty great deal with ROH. Like, he was going to be booking for them, and he had signed an extension on his contract to wrestle. And I honestly don't know if – any of that was affected by what came out i just but i I, I think a lot of times like a lot of those allegations are true and a lot of those allegations are just allegations and may not ever see a conviction or any truth to them um so i think a lot of times when people are, are accused like maybe their employers are like hey let's just hide you right for like six months and see what happens you know, well, so, so we, we mentioned, um, you know, with the Thunderdome situation, how there were certain uh, images and signs popping up on the screens. Well, one of the signs that popped up was Fire Velveteen Dream. And a lot of people are claiming that, you know, Triple H said, well, he was in a car accident. So that's why he was off television. And now he's healed. And now he's back. And that's why he's back. But people are saying, no, I think you just hit him because all these allegations came out. And now you're just hoping all of it just kind of swept, got swept away. And now you're bringing it back. So you're exactly well, right. That, that, that does happen, you know, I mean, right. people do because I mean, that's the thing is the general public, they have a very short memory. Uh, but one thing that I will not forget is how good of a match 
we saw with Thunder Rosa and Ivelisse. Like, I was tuned in. What a great match. Uh, what a great way to intertwine those promotions. I hope we see more. I'm thirsty for it. Uh, I, I don't necessarily want to see – I mean, I think we would – I think it would build up to an Aldis and Cody 3 or 4 or whatever it is at this point. But I would love to see them go – because here's the thing, man, is like were the Bucks and Cody even on Dynamite last night? Uh, the Bucks were at the very beginning. Um, Cody's been gone off TV ever since the Dark Order beat the crap out of him. And, um, and, and so I was like, hey, like, I, I don't see much of them, and this is the best show yet. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, I was going to say, though, uh, speaking of Thunder Rosa, to go back for a second. So that means, like, for the last three weeks, every time she's been on, she's, to me, had, like, the match of the night. So she had a match with Serena, uh, I think it was Serena Deeb, I think is her name, um, yeah. which was on Dynamite a couple weeks ago. Then it all out, her and Sheeta had match of the night. And then I think last night was probably match of the night again with uh, Lise. And she's booked already for next Dynamite. Uh, it's going to be a tag match with her and Sheeta versus, uh, versus Lise and Diamante. So um, well, that's going to be – that's probably going to be match of the night again next week. Th this is how television programming works, folks, is like I saw that last night and I hadn't watched in a month or two. I am definitely going to be watching – dynamite i'm gonna it's on tuesday this next week right no uh well it, it's on wednesday but they're having a special one hour late night dynamite on tuesday so they get an additional hour next week so tuesday after the nba playoffs it's either late after night. the game's over or 10 p.m whichever comes first and it's going to be a uh, late night dynamite and it's just a one hour special and then late wednesday night dynamite, does, that, does that mean after hours a bomb has to come out hmm? quite possibly um <laughs> just don't make that face ever again. Uh, no, but actually, so this is going to be your payoff match with, uh, because I know you were excited to, with all the buildup here with uh, Brandy versus Anna J. Because remember, Anna J. choked her out. Actually, I'm, I am excited about that. I, I, but, I you know, I was, that, that's a sort of a great segue into my next point from Dynamite is uh, just everything that the, the Dark Order has been doing. Like at first I was like, this is dumb because it was funny, but on BTE, but then, not funny and they're trying to be serious but i've really bit into what they're selling me and i really enjoy it and uh I, I think that brody is hilarious on bte just seeing that different side of what it is to be in a cult you know how it is brandy you're in that damn cult i can neither confirm nor deny but i will say uh john silver i i've become a big fan of john silver he's he Dude. They're so funny, and, and um, they're like us, but not as funny, you know? Yeah, I mean, they're funny, but they're not as funny. Yeah, <laughs> they're, not and, mean, and, they're, and not, like, they're not mean street funny. And right. they're in shape, right? I mean, they're, they're, but they're in shape, but they're not mean street in shape. Yeah, they're, uh, they're, they're in a sort of shape. Like, we're in shape. It right, depends right, on right. what shape you're talking about. Right. So they, have like, <laughs> so they have, like, muscles, but you have, like, mean street muscles. So it's like. Boom. There you go. Got All right. I got to see how you know what's up. I got you. And, uh, I mean, you're, you're on these streets, brother. Um, so no, I, I just rent the house down the street. I mean, I mean, you guys really, <laughs> own me. I just, I just rent the two, the two bedroom, uh, place the, the, the double wide, the double wide down the road there. Yeah. Right, right, right. Right over there by the, uh, the crack house right down. At the oh, end what? Of the what? Anyways, what was the next topic? Do we have something to, to veer into? Yeah. Go yeah, ahead. so you mentioned Danny in the crowd, and you mentioned Danny Jordan in the crowd of uh, Dynamite, and also I just want to talk about MJF versus Sean Dean because obviously oh. Sean Dean, the captain, has had uh, several matches at SHW, so we we know him from there. Do we ever interview him at any point? I don't think we ever actually interviewed him on Main Street Podcast, other than just we interact we interacted with him at the SHW shows, but that was about it. Yeah, yeah. So he's a great, great performer. He's grown by leaps and bounds. Uh, maybe we can get him on. I'd love to talk to him again. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that was a, a bit of a squash match. It was, and, he, and he tweeted seven seconds. He's so angry that the match only lasted seven seconds. And to his I, defense, though, he got poked right in the eye and then put right in the Fujiwara armbar. So it was like... It was like before the match really had even started. So I mean, it, you know, it was MJF. He he cheated, man. Come was on. it longer yeah. than the finger the finger poke at Doom? I actually it was, it was longer. Okay, maybe so, just I mean, barely. Yeah, <laughs> but it was it was a very quick armbar, and uh, so but he was very angry at himself. And then a lot of people on the internet were talking like, "What if he's going to be number seven in the Dark Order, named after his seven second? Wow. Match? Talk about some dream booking right there, some uh, some uh, mm -hmm. some armchair ring general booking. 
and, and for him, maybe he gets obsessed with the number seven and like starts writing it all over him and gets a mask. And you know how he wears that bomber jacket? Imagine that bomber jacket in dark order colors. I, oh, I'm man. there for it, man. I'm there for it. His interest song should be Prince's uh, Seven. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. Yeah. So I, I, I think that would be freaking awesome. I think it books itself and uh, it, it gives another, another uh, uh, younger talent that's, uh, that's, that's taking advantage of this pandemic, really, uh, and growing into a star, getting a rub from Brody, uh, getting, a bro, uh, getting a rub from Evil Uno. What are you laughing about, Alfred? He's muted himself. Think, just, uh, oh, he's back. It's just that reference, like, probably no one even knew what that reference was. But it's like, I loved it. That's what was so good. And the fact that it made you laugh so much was even better. It was just because people, Adam's the, just like, I don't know if people, Adam even know, the people that know are the just, song. The people no. that are just watching, though, will appreciate the fact that you can see you cracking up. That's my favorite <laughs> I, part. I mean, the, no, only, the, it, the only Prince album I know is the Batman soundtrack because Party Man is a dope-ass That's why. That's why I laughed so hard because I was like, when I said the song title, like, like Adam just had this total look of, like, what are you even talking about? <laughs> and I was going to start singing the song, but then I knew you'd probably get like really upset. So I was just like, I'm not going to say, oh, seven and we'll watch them fall. Oh, yeah, I know that song. Oh, okay. Well, there you go then. See? Yeah. Stop. And in the way of love, and we will smoke them all. Okay, now, now you got to stop. That's the limit we can before we and, get sued. Because you sound just like them. But that's a great song. I didn't know the name of it. Oh, seven. Yeah, it, it, Sean Dean, he needs to become seven. I would love to see that. Holy smokes. So, yeah, I am really uh, biting the, the hook of, uh, of the new order. Of the new order. The, uh, <laughs> isn't that something else? The new it's era. a band. That's an uh, 80s band, I think, New Order. Uh, anyways, yes, uh, the Dark Order. But you say, I think, yeah, New Era, Dark Order. It was a combination. New world Order, Degeneration <laughs> Next, Nation Domination. Yeah, yeah. There you go. But hey, uh, yeah, I would love to see Sean Dean uh, get signed and actually show. And he may already be signed. I'm not totally sure uh, because I think last night was one of his. I don't think it was his first appearance on Dynamite, but maybe only like his second or so because he's mostly on Dark. He's on Dark a lot, um, and he's like 0 and 14 or something on Dark. I, I think that other people that we know from SHW, I think he'll end up getting signed. Obviously, Alan Angels is already signed uh did danny ever get an official contract you know i haven't heard but i, I wouldn't be I, I, would, wouldn't know. I wouldn't be surprised if she gets signed sometime in the near future she's been popping up a lot more lately so i can see sean danny and lee lee i think i think on uh, one of uh, jericho's not talk as jericho but he's been doing this facebook live youtube live on saturday nights called saturday night special i don't know if you've seen any of those but somebody i think had asked about lee johnson a few weeks ago and Jericho let it slip. I don't know if he was supposed to say it, but I'm pretty sure he let it slip that Lee Johnson has been signed. Well, see, I, I just think it's amazing because, you know, I browse the subreddit, the Squared Circle subreddit, and, like, I'm seeing, like, people that are not from Georgia post about Lee Johnson. They post about Sean Dean. They post about Danny Jordan. And I'm just like, this is awesome. Yeah. Like, like, how, tri so like how trippy is that? Because we've seen these cats from, like, day one. And we, I mean, most of us didn't really know who they were because for us, this was kind of a new thing for some, I mean, I'm, for myself personally, I'll speak for myself. It was kind of the first introduction I had to independent kind of small, small wrestling and to see how now they're being displayed on, on network television or on a company that is, you know, starting to get themselves exposed. And they're on, they're kind of on the ground floor of that um, and getting, you know, attention like you said they're getting attention people from outside of this area have seen the talent that they bring to the table so it's kind of cool to know that you two called matches for these people that are now you know jr's calling the same people that you guys kind of called so if I, I guess for you guys it must be a bit of a well jr's basically having to take tips from us on like right. how we and, called the matches so then yeah. he knows how to call it yeah and i'm sure and i'm sure taz has called you guys a bunch of times for like oh, yeah. well he's called yeah. us i mean he's called us some names uh, hang on hey taz what's up bro oh they, oh yeah. man <laughs> yeah mean street podcast that's right but yeah, uh yeah yeah but I'm, yeah. i guess for, for hey, you hey, guys tell dobby i said hey <laughs> adam's but, like adam's like Okay, Taz, love you too. Bye. <laughs> see you later, pal. Sorry, guys. Yeah, that was, but, that was yeah, Taz. I mean, for you guys to see their success and 
and to have seen them kind of grow through this process for you two must be kind it's of awesome. a cool feeling to know. It's awesome, man. I love it. I, I think it's really cool, and uh, I, I think it just goes to show you a bigger picture of um, how one thing that we have talked about time and time again about how the WWE is not creating stars, right? Uh, they're just they, they just continuously build up their own brand. Uh, AEW is building stars, like that's what they're doing. Like uh, I, I I right now after last night's this week's Dynamite, like I am I am like intrigued about like five different storylines. I want to know more about that street fight. I want to know more about uh, uh, the the Eddie Kingston and his his little posse. I want to like Butcher and the Blade, like FTR. I want to know more about all of this. And I also want to see where Sean, what is Sean, like, not just because I know Sean Dean, like from SHW, but I want to know what he's going to do with that seven second loss. Like, I'm really intrigued. Like, okay, well, how is he going to react to that? Uh, not to mention Ricky Starks and and Moxley and, and and Jake the Snake and what he's doing. Like, there's just so much going on at AEW that has me hooked, whereas WWE does not have me hooked at all right now. And I think one thing AEW has found is they've taken the the formula of what worked in WCW, which was uh, you know the old school wrestlers that a generation knew about, like the Jake the Snakes, the Arn Andersons, the big names, and then with also with NXT and bringing in, you know, great talents and veterans like Moxley and now Rusev or, you know, who's now over there now. So I think for them, they're doing the great job of mixing it all together with great veterans, Hall of Famers, uh, those that are currently transitioning over from the company that they left or those that they've just introduced and they're building up themselves by pairing them with, a, you know, veterans that can, show them the way you know what I mean it's like a tough enough but without the contestant and the game show feel to it you know what I mean so yeah. it's it's yeah. the perfect way for these youngsters to learn and also it's it shows you the 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 kind of maturity the maturity of the veterans that are there because they're there because they want to teach the next generation and keep it going more so than you know I want the money and I want all the luxuries they, these guys like Jericho they love the sport and they want to give back to the sport and I feel like here they can do that, where maybe in WWE they didn't have that that feeling. And maybe that's where WWE dropped the belt in some ways, is like bringing these kids up too fast without a leader to show them the, the ways or something like that. Well, but, over there, I, be, I think it's Vince's way or, or nothing, pretty much, you know, except well, for NXT, it, which is run by Triple H, which is why everybody likes w, NXT a lot more than the main roster shows. Well, and I, I think they try to grab this whole thing because, uh, Alfred, what you're talking about is like, like I imagine Harley Race leading Vader, you know, like a, a legend from the, the previous decade leading a, a big man of the current decade. Um, and, and, you know, uh, Paul Ellering and, and, the, and the Road Warriors and stuff like that. Like I imagine, I imagine that. Uh, and, and so we are seeing that in AEW with Tully, with Arn, with uh, Jake, uh, but with NXT, I feel like they tried to sterilize that and manufacture it and, and institutionalize it to where they're, they're grabbing that Harley race, they're grabbing that Jake the Snake, and, and, they're, and they're putting them in the Performance Center in Orlando. Uh, but it's actually fun for the audience to see that happen live. Like, we want to see that character develop. We want to see those rough edges become sharp edges. Uh, we want to see that King of the Ring 96 moment uh, that maybe Sean Dean might have. You know, maybe Sean Dean is going to just, like, freaking become, in five years, maybe he's the AEW heavyweight champion. We don't know right now. We don't know. Uh, because because AEW is going to allow the, that sharpening to happen on TV. Mm -hmm. That's the big difference. Yeah. Oh, totally. totally uh, thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Yeah, yeah. So what was the thing you did I last week? Was the, uh, the Ultimate Warrior TED Talk? Is that, was that what was that? <laughs> <laughs> And the rocket the tanks are full <laughs> with rocket fuel and they take flight. <laughs> thank you for coming to my <laughs> TED Talk. <laughs> The other day, I was watching. Uh, I was watching the old WCW uh, footage from the when the Warrior made his first appearance on in WCW when uh, uh, Hulk was in the ring <laughs> and just doing a promo or whatever with 
Bischoff, of course, yeah. traditionally holding the mic. You know, he's got Bischoff holding the mic. But uh, I just, I just love one thing I love about the old school wrestling and watching it is the over exaggeration of like their reaction to things, which I just, I just love because it's like he shows up and Hulk's like, ah! you know, he's like freaking out, and I just love the like overreaction. Like it's just one of the things I love about when I watch old WCW shows is just the complete over reaction to things i just there was there was something that happened and it was this had to have been like 97 98 uh wcw uh, me and my my sisters would do the and we to, to this day we still do it as a joke but it was uh the giant at the time the big show the giant and wcw and i don't know if it was hogan or somebody it must have been hogan with the weight belt and he went to like wh- he was like whipping a bunch of like there was a group of guys and he was like trying to whip them and the giant like was doing the cell like he was getting hit but he was like Aah! and like he just did this like very like exaggerated and he like didn't even get touched if you go back and watch it like he doesn't even get touched by the weight belt but he acts like he did and he does this big huge cell and it's the so, funniest so, thing. Like, is that when you and your sister like whip each other Whoa. oh you son of a bitch <laughs> <laughs> you just, i'm an ass man <laughs> Yeah, it was just a good fun, a fun story from the '90s that just got turned on its side. And so, <laughs> you're talking about like this day. I get the belt. No, I just I said we make a joke nurse. about the giant doing that. Not that that you jackasses. Anyways, so uh, did what? Bring your spoiler notes back out, and let's figure out what's the next topic so we can get out of here. All right, that is a good segue. <laughs> That's a perfect. Is uh, the last note that I have? You can read my handwriting. It says uh, "street fight." Ah, what'd you guys think? Uh it was uh, way better than I anticipated it. Um, when I saw that uh, those guys were main eventing, and nothing against uh, Santana and Ortiz and best friends, but I mean, they've just always on all the shows and the pay-per-views they've been kind of mid card. They've never been like the main event guys for the most part. And so when I saw that that was main eventing the show last night, I thought, huh, okay. And then, uh, I mean, they went all out and, um, you guys, uh, you guys weren't at the January SHW show when, uh, Joe black and William Huckby had the big dog collar match, which basically morphed into an outside parking lot brawl, which ended with uh, Joe black putting, William Huckabee through the windshield of a car. Um, they, weren't, they, weren't the cops called? Uh, yeah, like it was all, all hell broke loose, and it was awesome. But that's what this reminded me of. So anybody that was at that SHW show, you'll know what I'm talking about. If not, you can check it out on IWTV, by the way. SHW, look it up. It was the January show. And Did they pay for that mention? We don't do plug, plug Ola here. They pay for that? Oh, Thank sorry you. about that. Thank you, Alfred. Sorry. I'm just saying. Yeah, sorry. sorry. Anyways, free plugs. Anyways, We're not doing that. All right. Well, go ahead, uh, Alfred. What did you think of about the street fight? Go ahead. Uh, I'm I'm gonna be honest. I didn't see it. Thanks for that, Alfred. Anyways, let me get back to what I was saying. I uh, loved it. Over to me. Yeah, I did too. And so that, but it reminded me of the Joe Black Huckabee match, and that was what I was getting at. Um, this was actually a little more elaborate because they had like you know, five or six cars in a circle, basically. And they were just kind of going from car to car, doing all the damage that they could. But, man, it was intense. And those guys were laying it all on the line. It was it a on, a... on the violence meter, where, where you, on a scale of one to ten, where would you put on the violence meter? It was up there. Ten. Yeah, it was up there. Oh, very violent. There's blood. There's color. Uh, so Somebody got – they opened up the hood of a car, and they did, like, a freaking, like, swanton onto the car hood to shut it. Oh. Ortiz was, was inside – Ortiz was inside of it, and they did a couple of uh, sentons on top of the hood. Yeah, um, Trent got th- put through the windshield, and his back got all sorts of sort of sliced up. Yeah, and then and then their mom freaking flipped the bird. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was hilarious. I laughed like it was. I was so engrossed in that match that when that middle <laughs> finger went up, I was like, just I, the- like, I, I laugh like having that comedic relief <laughs> after that violence. Awesome. Just, just the way they did it too. The van slowly pulls away and then it stops. 
her arm sticks out the window and then she does it. And she's like, oh, that was, that was pretty good. That was Sue, man. Classic Sue. Classic Sue. Dude, I enjoyed that match so much. And yeah, it was weird that it was the main event because I was like, what is this? And like the first 30 seconds, I was like, huh? And uh, of course, the match happened and I was fully engrossed. But go- going back before that, I was like, why wasn't that Moxley and Jake the Snake thing? Why wasn't that um, uh, the main event? Why didn't Why didn't the camera go out on that? Because I really, I was really entertained by that. I don't know who that. Uh, who's Who's that uh, big dude? Uh, Will, Will Hobbs? Hobbs. Yeah. So he's a. I don't know if he's a Georgia guy, but I know he's uh, running circles with a lot of our Georgia indie guys that we know. And so he kind of started like those guys showing up on Dark a lot, and then uh, actually is either Tuesday or Wednesday where he officially got signed. And they, they announced it on social media. And then he shows up in a main event storyline uh, teaming with – he'll be teaming in a six-man match with Moxley next week. And that goes back to everything I love about pro wrestling, about how anybody can just be in there. And then all of a sudden you see this big old dude who's, like, teaming up with Moxley and Darby Allen in a, in a six-man tag, tag match next week on Dynamite. Dobby. Uh, Dobby. Dobby. Yeah, uh, against Ricky Starks uh, and a couple other guys, Brian Cage and then Lance Archer. Let's Lance, Ar- Lance no, let's Archer. Be let's go be ahead. honest. It's Ricky Starks and a couple other guys. Well, Lance Archer, if you recall, was the one you and I were given the business at the New Japan show. Do you remember that? Yeah. You were you were pretty you were pretty after hours a bomb. So I wasn't sure yeah, if you would recall. I remember that. I was like, we don't like you. Yeah, we were really. You, say? you said something really funny. I don't recall, but I just remember like. It, it was like at quiet parts of the match, and you and I were up in the balcony, and we're at the Roxy. Is that the one uh, by the – or yeah. is it yeah, the, Roxy the Roxy by the stadium? Yeah. yeah. And uh, so it's fairly small, and it would be like quiet parts of the match. I forget who he was uh, wrestling. Maybe Jeff Cobb, actually, now that I think about it. Um, and anyways, anytime it got real quiet, like we would just yell out like, you suck, screw you, you idiot. Like we weren't cussing, but we were just like giving him like the real cheesy insults, you know. Like, you big dummy, get out of here, <laughs> you big idiot. <laughs> That's what you said. You said, you big dummy. <laughs> what are you, like, your savage sons? Like, you big dummy. Yeah, basically. Uh, you big dummy. Um, I'm coming. I'm anyways, coming. So anyways, anytime I see Lance Archer on AEW, it always takes me back to the New Japan show. That, and that, Can you believe that that was in January? Wasn't it January of this year, which seems like 10 years ago? And, and I was standing outside of that. Uh, I was in, waiting in line, waiting for you to get there. And I was in line. And freaking William Regal walks by uh, a New Japan show, just like walks by the entire line. There, I'm like, what the crap? <laughs> right. and, and, like, I didn't even say anything. I was like, and it, it was just awesome. It was just awesome. So anyway, that's all I got. I think that's a good, good, good segue out of here. Uh, let's. Um, I want you to ring the daggum bell. Hey, Alfred, tell the little man to ring the bell, Alfred. Go inside. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> Bam. Ring the bell. We're tapping out. Let's go. Uh, okay. I love you. Love you too, buddy. Oh, I love you too. <laughs> hey, I got you.